So welcome back to Goodfellows podcast, Innovation Discussed. Uh, we're recording just at the end of January 2024. Hello, Aphrodite. Hello, Adam. Hello. Good afternoon. Happy New Year. Happy, well, golly, end of, can we still say that at the end of January? Yeah, always. Happy New Year to you too. Adam, are you still eating your mince pies? I've got some left. Yeah, I actually had a mince pie yesterday. It was out of the ones from the director's gifts that we all got at Christmas. Oh, yeah, I've got oh, that as well. I was, yeah. I, was still, I was still eating those. So, uh, welcome back. It seems like it's ages since we sat down. It was actually back in November that we last sat down and had a, a, a proper chat here. Uh, so, welcome back to the room. Um, our uh, editor and director, Matt, is with us, but he's with us virtually today. So, welcome back, Matt, as well. Thank you for coming back for 2024 to help, uh, help us with recording the Goodfellow podcasts. And we've got a lot of exciting stuff for our listeners with the podcast as 2024 goes on. We're actually going to be increasing the volume of the podcasts. We're going to be increasing the content. We're going to be getting guests on um, to talk about some of the innovation that's going on in the world. But before we get too far into that, how was your Christmas appetite? Because you went home, didn't you? Yeah, I had a lovely Christmas, but I came back and I was sick. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> you you found me on the sofa, drinking chamomile. Right, okay. So, well, that was a good Christmas and New Year for you then. Excellent. Yeah, it was lovely. Adam, please, please tell me yours was better than that. No, mine was great, yeah. <laughs> Seems like a long time ago now, but no, it was good. It was a long time ago, but it's nice to see everybody back, to, back together. So, uh, like I say, this is the end of January. This episode will be going out just at the beginning of February. Um, but already this month, you've been quite busy. You've been with the RSC this month, haven't you, Aphrodite? Yes, that's true. Uh, so it was quite a busy month, not only to catch up with everything and uh, respond to our customers that they came through Christmas as well, yeah. because we have customers coming through. Keep coming through Christmas. Well, Goodfellow exactly. doesn't actually close over Christmas, apart from the UK public holidays. So. Exactly. So, yes, so we exhibited and also presented Goodfellow, yeah. uh, the RSC, so Royal Society of Chemistry, at the Nanoscience and Nanotechnology Summit this year. We were actually invited by Dr. Veronica, Professor Dr. Veronica Sofianos. Okay. And um, yes, and it was a lovely gathering of lots of scientists and professors that they were discussing about new inventions and everything new about nanoscience so it was very very interesting for all, all around the world yeah and what was so i'll put you on the spot here what was the what was the most interesting thing that came out of those discussions for you this year oh that's a good question so let me think about it because i never I didn't think but from the top of my head now i would say yeah. <laughs> all right but i can say that nanomedicine and nano medical devices okay is one of let's say, uh, hot, hot subjects yeah. of this year as well, plus solid-state batteries and nanoscience, and how nanoscience can be deployed on these technologies. Okay. So it was very, very interesting. Now, when I think of nanotechnology, and this is me being the sci-fi sci geek and the non <laughs> non uh, material science, when I think of nanotechnology, I think back to... Uh, films I watched in the 1980s where they, they injected people in things inside. Is nanotechnology that type of thing where little robots go inside or is it something different? <laughs> you can say that is right. But, this is miniaturization, right? So that's nanotechnology more or less. I'm not sure how it's been developing, but I know there's some technology where 
they're trying to develop little robots or little sensors that could go into jet engines and um, maneuver around and, and, and inspect the jet engines rather than having them to take all apart. So wow, okay. some of that is maybe less science fiction than than yes. we think. Yeah. Well, nano sensors, they do exist. I think Rolls-Royce had a video they put out where a little tube in and loads of little things crawled into the engine, do inspections. That's fascinating. So I, I, I saw that on LinkedIn, I think. Was, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it, I think it might have been, I don't know how far they got with it. But, but nanotechnology is, is a real thing these it's days. It's a real thing these yeah. days. And it will be always a real thing, actually. Yeah. Everything's just getting smaller all the time, except for yeah. my mobile phone, which just seems to get bigger every year. Well, think about it, though, all right? Why can we bigger every year? Because we can put more in it. Exactly. So you always demand of somebody. I mean, people are demanding of having better quality pictures, right? Better processors, uh, faster. Everything has to be. That's the processors, yes. but, but everything's got to get smaller to fit into, exactly. into the thing. So you have more things, but. Before I dig myself a hole where I can start talking about something I don't know anything about, what was. You spoke at RSC as well, didn't you? Yeah, we were invited to speak about it. It wasn't a sponsor, see, sponsor. Talk, all right, sponsorship talk. So we were sponsoring as well this summit. So I was introducing which color and all the materials that can be used in nanotechnology or nanoscience, or which materials can be used from which color. Okay. So, and what, what materials would we have? Very good question. Sure. They can use metal forms such as copper or aluminium that you can, they can grow or coat on them the nanoparticles, all right? So different nanoparticles. So for example, even graphene, you can have it as a substrate to grow your graphene foam, for example. Um, also copper foils, nickel foils, iron foils, or metal foils, but even platinum foils as a substrate, either to grow your nanoparticles, and because you can do hydrothermal processes and you can grow your nanoparticles, all right? Or um, wires, even wires, all right? So you've got microwires, nanowires, for example. Well, not nanowires, I'm sorry. Whoever is technical out there, all right? <laughs> microwires, less than one micron, okay? Because nanowires could be different than uh, nanoscience world. Okay. Um, yeah, it's powder, so you can't see, yeah. Uh, right, so they're completely so different, like, different yeah, products. It's right. in a powder form. Uh, so microwires as well, so you can grow your nanoparticles. All the metals that they are used as metal precursors actually to grow nanoparticles, and then nanoparticles can be from carbon, graphene, to platinum, or alloys, nanoparticles, wow. or whatever. So, I mean, it's always, as ever, I find it fascinating the range of products that we have available yes. here. And, Even and more. Yeah, and, and growing all the time. And anybody listening to the podcast, anybody who's interested in uh, finding out more, Aphrodite's team, technical services. Mm -hmm. uh, is available at Goodfellow to help you with any of these discussions around nanomaterials uh, and any other of our material science products that we have. Uh, and just while I'm on that subject, don't forget to visit uh, the Goodfellow website at www.goodfellow.com where you'll find all the information about Goodfellow's uh, products, the services we offer, and how to get in touch with uh, the technical services team and our sales team to find out more. But uh, before we move on, Aphrodite, what's the email address for contacting the te technical services? It's very easy, technical at goodfellow.com. Technical at goodfellow.com. Well, there we go. So just staying on the subject of nanotechnology and something a little bit science fiction, Adam, there was some news this week um, where Elon Musk has put on Twitter or X or 
Twixter or whatever we call it these days, but he's put some uh, news out that the first of their Neuralink, Neuralink devices has been actually implanted into the brain of a human. Have you been looking at this? I saw the story. Um, I think, uh, obviously, um, the Neuralink uh, company gets a lot of press, but actually there's a lot of companies working on implantable um, smart devices, this sort of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a very interesting area of research and, and potential innovation. There's, there's always, I find it, I mean, again, it's that fascinating thing when I, when I think back to the films I used to watch as a teenager and stuff like that. But here, what um, Musk is saying is that the goal is to connect human brains to computers to help, help tackle complex neurological, neurological conditions. I've tripped over my own words saying yeah. that again. Let me try and say that one more time. The goal of Neuralink is to connect human brains to computers to help tackle complex neurological conditions. I still can't get that word out, but there we go. Yeah, and I, and I think that's one area. There's other areas that um, I've been involved with where um, potentially there are implantable devices that can help modulate things like pacemakers. So historically, pacemakers have run setting a pace uh, without any kind of... Um, without any indicate, you know, response to how the heart is, but actually if you could measure what's the heart's doing, then you could just turn the pacemaker on and off and modulate it to the actual patient at time. So any kind of other device, implantable medical device could be also linked up to these, these types of brain implants to, to more effectively uh, treat the patient. Yeah. And then, yeah, this, this, this um, idea that, they're going to be able to implant devices that can then help people communicate, help people with brain conditions. Um, yes, I'm just reading here as well uh, on the list of companies I've got looking at these, uh, putting these neurological devices into into people is uh, EPFL in Switzerland, um, which has managed to implant a device that has successfully enabled a paralyzed man to walk just by thinking, which sounds like quite an obvious thing to do, but we, but we walk kind of without thinking. Um, and this device has mm. apparently enabled this man to, to start walking. Yeah, so there's lots of different, um, lots of research groups and companies working on this type of technology worldwide, and some very close to home here in Cambridge. I believe one of them you, you met, or a few different people working in this area, you met at the RSC. That his group is working uh, to develop an ultra thin inflatable device that can be used to treat actually more severe forms of pain or right, without any invasive surgery or something like that. So it was very, very interesting. So actually, they are producing um, electroconductive polymer. Right. Which is as thick as a hair, human hair, right? Which is amazing. And it is a combination of soft robotics, fabrication techniques, and ultra thin electronics and microfluids, dynamics and microfluidic microfluidic dynamics. Yeah. So it was amazing, honestly. It was very, very interesting. He was even talking about pacemakers as well. And then how the pacemakers are going to be more advanced in the future and everything. So, how these, uh, let's say, polymers that they are. Uh, electrical conductive they can actually affect and uh, the whole uh, medicine and medical devices actually so and this is all this is all going on at the university of cambridge just down the road yeah. isn't it yeah it was very very interesting actually uh, i had a very good discussion with that professor so it's quite fascinating then with the world of medicine and nano 
nanoscience, nanomedicine at the moment. They are also using drug delivery systems, so imagine that, right? So you have, let's say, your nanomaterial, and then you just uh, apply magnetic field, and then release the drugs, right? Wherever it is on your body, let's say that. Wow. Just, yes. That's, that's phenomenal. So medicine, nanoscience, that's the thing to be looking out for this year. It's going to grow, it's going to develop. Uh, yes. The future is bright for... Solid for, state batteries as well. Yeah. Nanomaterials are used in solid state batteries. So how can we enhance the life cycle of the batteries as well? Yeah. Nanomaterials. So it was very, very interesting. Graphene again everywhere, of course. Well, I'm fascinated by solid state batteries as well. And in, in, in the, the world that I'm interested in of, of cars and stuff like that, they're going to they're gonna have quite a, uh, an impact on the electric car market. So we'll probably pick that one up in uh, next month's episode to have a bit of a talk about. But in terms of biocompatible products, we have a biocompatible product as well, don't we? Is that the, um, the BioHastelix product? Congratulations and well done. There you go. See, I've been studying since Christmas. What, what do we use BioHastelix in? <laughs> I'm surprised and astonished. Uh, all right. So, uh, so BioHastelix is a biocompatible uh, composite of graphene oxide. They're using it, oh, well, it's proprietary information, so it's a Polymer, which is biocompatible and biodegradable at the same time, plus the graphene, which is biocompatible and biodegradable. We know that already. Uh, in general, graphene and this graphene oxide is specially functionalized for this type of application. It can be used as a substrate for, for tissue regeneration as well, so or anything that can be impl implanted into right. the body, yes, because it's biodegradable and biocompatible. However, I would say it is not that. And would fellow would suggest to you to test this material before any application. Absolutely. Any any customer working in this has to credit the materials and make sure they're suitable. Yeah. Um, uh, for their application. In fact, you know, we have lots of materials that potentially across across precious metals and um, other non-reactive metals that potentially have, you know, can be used in biocompatible applications. Yeah. So it's yeah. and and some other polymers as well, but. Again, it's all up to the end users and the, the companies to, to, to assess it to and, assess and determine that that is the suitable material for our application. Obviously, we'll provide supporting information and, and analysis and things, but yeah. Yes, and make sure to talk to the technical team before, uh, before deciding on, on products. They can help you with uh, everything as well. Exactly. Fantastic. So it's been an exciting start to the year. It's uh, good to be getting into the year. February is going to be a good month um, and we've got a lot coming. Uh, there's some exciting news coming from the business in March, but uh, we have to wait another podcast episode before I can uh, actually go into too much detail for that. Um, but Aphrodite, Adam, thank you once again for joining me on this, uh, on this episode. To our uh, listeners, you can find all of Goodfellow's Innovation Discussion podcasts, including our slightly amusing Christmas episode with all the outtakes in it that Aphrodite really enjoyed. Um, they can all be found on www.goodfellow.com or on your preferred podcast channel. Um, and until next month, thank you for listening. Thanks both. Yeah.